What's up, QAA listeners? The fun games have begun. I found a way to connect to the internet. I'm sorry, boy. Welcome, listener, to Premium Chapter 132 of the QAnon Anonymous Podcast, the White Squall Movie Night episode. As always, we are your hosts, Jake Rakotansky, Liv Agar, Julian Field, and Travis View. Finally, it is here, the movie night for White Squall, which is the actual source of the Where We Go One slogan, which you'll find out more about in a little bit but is also one of the finest assortments of young men striving together under a watchful Jeff Bridges, his wife, some sort of uh, anti-communist Cuban cook, and uh, <laughs> and uh, a guy who only speaks ancient Greek and is essentially just there to be the chorus, uh, yelling along with the boys to remind them that they're not just a bunch of rich kids dying, they're actually on an epic uh, quest across the sea and that they might even end up, if they're lucky, on the Isle of Lesbos. So before uh, jumping into this masterpiece by Ridley Scott, by the way, a man who did make Alien uh, and Prometheus, which I liked a lot, and Raised by Wolves, which is a pretty cool series. And Blade Runner. That is true, and Blade Runner. But... This is, I think, his 1996, um, I don't know, it's like a pocket in time. I feel like this is like the zone. You enter this movie and, and the rules of physics change. Uh, it's disorienting experience. I can't wait to jump into it. Um, I, I, am, I am actually doubtful that Jake will stand behind this movie as he has in the past with all the other crummy movies we watch. So we'll see. Yeah, this is a movie that I feel nothing about. Uh, I Mm -hmm. had a very, uh, very busy weekend. And so I began my journey of watching White Squall for the very first time. I had never seen it uh, at approximately 1130 p.m. last night. Over the course of two hours, I went from uh, hating the movie to loving it, to feeling indifferent about it, to feeling confused by it. Um, Mm -hmm. And and really, uh, this probably is the the sloppiest movie. movie night episode that I have ever prepared. You know, so join us and um, let's let's dive in. For those who like it sloppy, this is your episode. <laughs> <laughs> You're getting repped hard in this episode. I've only, I've only been on, this is my second movie night, but I gotta say, I enjoyed this movie more than my first movie night. I enjoyed this movie more than Signs. Me too. Yeah, I don't mm. know if that's a hot take. I don't know how, Interesting. how you feel about I, that, Jake. I, you know, I think I'm just more naturally interested in, uh, you know, a takeover uh, by a race of uh, water-hating aliens uh, than I am about a group of uh, of attractive young men uh, going into the water on an old boat. So, (laughs) you know, perhaps the subject matter uh, is less appealing to me, and, and that's why I'm a little bit more um, sort of blasé about the film, Mm -hmm. Uh, but Let's yeah, well let's let's see where we get to uh by the end of the episode. So the audience for this movie was just like ancient Greek men. You yes. sort of mentioned this <laughs> with the chorus part. It's a bunch That's... of boys hanging out in a ship by themselves. Honestly, a proclivity for boys and their beautiful bodies is would almost make this movie a masterpiece. <laughs> Never has there been a film uh, that is less pilled, uh, has less to do with QAnon or politics at large than the 1996 film White Squall, directed by Ridley Scott. I will make the exact opposite argument shortly. 
The film is based on a real-life story of the Brigantine Albatross and is essentially about a group of handsome young boys uh, living aboard a working pirate ship with a stoic captain played by Jeff Bridges, <laughs> played by Jeff Bridges and his insane wife. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, having just watched the film for the first time only minutes ago, uh, I have no idea what to make of it and shake my head trying to figure out how it became a war cry to believers in an insane conspiracy theory uh, that Democrats drink the blood of children. To make matters worse, the scene referenced by many QAnon believers where the entire crew is chanting their favorite phrase isn't even in the final film. No, it exists only in the trailer, and so help me God, this really doesn't get any better from here. <laughs> <laughs> I will do my very best to draw vague, forced allusions to the QAnon movement, but I'll admit right up front, for me, it's going to be a stretch. It's not a movie that is pilled. It's a movie that mirrors their movement. In yes. its actual construction and in the, its failures. Yeah. I, I would agree with that. I am personally, you know, as, as, as a screenwriter myself, from a plot and content perspective, uh, I, I, I think we will get into later how the meta of the film uh, is a weird foil for QAnon. I mean, these are boys LARPing as pirates. They're, they're joining an, an, an idiotic man who's choosing an antiquated ship on purpose He's basically trying to recreate the drowning of young boys. And he, he's just been doing this his whole life, his career. Just a path of dead boys. <laughs> and I do like sick fuck Jeff Bridges because he's so likable in it that there's a good argument for him as a great psychopath in this movie. Which is perfect given that Jeff Bridges is Donald Trump. Yes. In terms of the allegory between the Q movement and this ship of boys. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Ship of boys should have been the name of this movie. <laughs> ship of boys. <laughs> Barrel of boys. <laughs> wet, wet, glistening boys. Like when, and, it, um, when it capsizes, Jeff yeah. Bridges should have been like, help, my ship of boys, it's falling apart. <laughs> I've abandoned my ship of boys. <laughs> <laughs> they should also remake this movie into a reality show where the boys go out and vie for each other's love and respect as men. Obviously, nothing homosexual, but they get to tossed overboard like every day. People vote one off. Um, so like I was saying, it was released by Buena Vista Pictures, which is a smaller company within the Walt Disney Motion Picture Company. Uh, this is technically a Disney movie. It was also produced by Hollywood Pictures, which is in the Disney family. I, it's also worth mentioning that it was produced by Scott Free, the Ridley Scott's um, uh, production company, spelled Scott with two T's. And one time in the tweet in 2018, Trump tweeted Scott Free misspelling it with two T's. And a lot of QAnon people thought this was a reference to this movie movie that yes. Trump was secretly making. That's right. Amazing. Goddamn. Layers. Yeah, in many ways, Trump is the xenomorph bursting out of the stomach of America. So, yeah. <laughs> it's one of those rare Disney films that has a pretty fair PG-13 rating uh, for implied sexual scenes, as well as some legitimate at-sea horror. The movie cost $38 million to make and brought in a mere $10.3 at the box office. Uh, critics, critics were pretty middle of the road on it, uh, criticizing its on-the-nose dialogue, uh, but praising Ridley's cinematography and action sequences. 
I will not bore you too much with what I read on Wikipedia, uh, but the Albatross was an actual ship uh, that did sink uh, at the beginning of May in 1961. There was a group of students on board, and there were casualties. Uh, The ship had been built in 1920 as a pilot boat and was put to work in the North Seas uh, before it was purchased by the Germans in 1937 and served as a radio station for communications with submarines uh, during World War II. Uh, After that, it was purchased by a Dutch royal to use as a training ship and again changed hands in 1954 to become a Hollywood vessel used in films like Twilight for the Gods, which starred Rock Hudson. Hmm. Shortly thereafter, in 1959, the ship's last captain, Christopher Sheldon, portrayed in the film by Jeff Bridges, bought it so that he could operate what he called the Ocean Academy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sea Org. Yeah. So this <laughs> is an insane sounding program for teenage boys that sort of combined college preparatory courses along with an like an at-sea ropes course uh, where the boys built character by learning how to sail a 40-year-old pirate ship. Just the dumbest <laughs> fucking idea. Uh, this is why it's so perfect is because, yes, it's a LARP. <laughs> They're fucking floating an old pirate ship for no reason other than it's going to be hard on the boys. <laughs> uh. I was wondering, I don't know if you talk about this, but is there actually a trial of the ship captain in real life? Yes. Oh, okay, excellent. Mm-hmm. There was a trial, yes, whether he, whether he was responsible uh, for the deaths of, uh, of the boys Which, like, who died. Oh, the yeah. boys. He was. Yeah. Oh, he did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But the parents are just as responsible. <laughs> yes, the parents he was. are like, oh, what's that? Some fucking weird professors doing like a child molesting adventure on the high sea in a in a pirate boat. Yeah, that'll that'll teach this wimp or this this kid who's been like burning uh, cats, uh, you know, in the backyard. That'll teach him how to shape up. So this is where uh, our story begins. Uh, uh, Per usual, I will be breaking down the movie using a handful of select scenes, and because it's Ridley Scott, not being overly critical or rude. I'll take that. I guess the more I write, I'm sort of deciding that I I did kind of enjoy the film. Uh, The dialogue is pretty straightforward and sometimes cheesy, uh, but you've got a talented young cast uh, featuring future movie stars like Scott Wolf, Party of Five, Ryan Felipe, Cruel Intentions, Ethan Embry from Can't Hardly Wait, and Jeremy Sisto from Clueless. So 90s, 90s stars, I guess. And a very solid performance from Jeff Bridges, who just, who looks very cool in the movie. He's got a great haircut. His hair looks very thick. I think they just couldn't, like, choose a look for him. Like, the first look, he's almost like a young cut Jeff Lebowski. And then he's like, but actually, like his actual personality, if you if you kind of go beyond what the film is trying to represent, he wants to take these boys in the middle of nowhere, out on the ocean, and he gets to be like their army instructor in whatever way he pleases. And also they're all drinking booze. His wife is there. He can't even like not get laid for a trip. <laughs> like mm-hmm. this guy, he rocks. I mean, <laughs> he brought a cook. Very smart. Um, I also would like to say uh, the movie is very cigarette friendly, uh, especially for a Disney film. And just about every scene features teenagers chain smoking, which I quite liked. I mean, yeah, it was a quite edgy addition, I thought. I mean, it was, I suppose, as accurate to early 60s. Yeah. The, the story begins with the film's narrator, uh, Charles Geeg, uh, played by Scott Wolf, who also happens to be the survivor whose book the film is based on. Uh, he has a very lame father who visibly disapproves of his desire to spend nearly a year at sea training for the SATs. Uh, his mother is supportive, but is uh, completely overshadowed by the 1960s, you know, square dad. He wants his son to go to an Ivy League school like his brother. But that's just not for Chuck. He wants to carve his own path, make his own way. 
and spending a year on a rickety old pirate ship with a bunch of smokers <laughs> with loads of baggage is exactly where he wants to be. Yeah, think about the kid who <laughs> dreamt of be, you know, basically submitting to this tyranny. I can understand the kid who flipped out and fucking shot the dolphin more like emotionally. <laughs> yeah. I would have hated this. Yeah, uh, you my don't. Parents. You, you people don't actually understand the desire to just, just break out, do just do something that's hard and dangerous and uh, exciting and new and weird and he exotic. Wants, but do you, do you just not understand? But you just not understand that it's also just a LARP, and if everybody ends up dead, like, was it worth it? Everything's a fucking LARP. Like, oh my like god, going, he agrees with this college movie. Is a, is a fucking LARP. All right, he agrees with the morality of this movie. This is going to be fascinating. I mean, this is like might as well LARP something exciting. You know what? You become what you LARP. So you might as well LARP something fun. It's not fun to be under the iron fist of some psycho out on the sea who keeps saying, "I'm going to fist fight you," or fucking climb the ladder, and then the kid pisses himself. That's not. That's- how is that cool? But that's that's fun for a certain group of people, especially yeah, people it, who are like you, or Jason. Yeah, like you want to submit hazing. to yeah. to to Daddy Jeff. What is it, Jeff Bridges? The bored children of people who are inextricably in a, just a giant network of cruelty and abuse, and they're like, "Man, I just want this, but like not from my dad." And if it could be in a pirate ship, awesome. That's even it. better. And they're and and they're rightfully trying to just get pussy the whole time. So that sounds cool. The way you describe it, you're trying to make yeah, it right. sound bad. Yeah, you're selling it better than I am. <laughs> no, I think that's, cool. I'm saying that's the natural reaction to being stuck with a psychotic captain is trying to have sex with every Cuban and or vaguely Nordic girl that you come across on the adventure. But he, they were Dutch. But the way that um, the Dutch, but they were Dutch. But then at the end, she says, uh, I'm from uh, Denmark. So really consistent. Awesome. Uh, cool. Well, there was no subtitles, so me, a a single language person, uh, lost the context there. It might have been a joke uh, that Americans don't know the difference, but it also might have been an inconsistency. I'd have to rewatch. So Chuck's parents drop him off at the train station, and his adventure begins. Before long, he meets up with the other group of young rapscallions as they board the Albatross for the first time. They're shown around by a very short boy, uh, the ship's first mate, who himself is only 15 years old. They meet the cook and uh, one of their teachers, a cigar-chomping Robin Williams wannabe, who speaks almost exclusively in old Shakespeare lines and wailing hymns. Also on board the ship is Dr. Alice Sheldon, who is Jeff Bridges' wife. Uh, She's one of the ship's teachers, uh, as well as the onboard doctor. Initially, the skipper is nowhere to be found. The guys are given their first test uh, to jump off the boat to prove that they can swim. All the alphas are flexing as the boys try to establish dominance amongst themselves. When out of nowhere, Jeff Bridges appears with some old sea wisdom and our first mention of the now infamous catchphrase. You know what's out there? Wind and rain and some damn big waves. Reefs and rocks sandbars and enough fog and night to hide it all so why the hell do it bill's character mr preston of which you are in desperately short supply kind you only find on mountaintops deserts or battlefields and across oceans nice dive preston if we don't have order, we have nothing. Where we go one, we go all. 
You have been listening to a sample of a premium episode of QAnon Anonymous. We don't run any advertising on the show, and we'd like to keep it that way. For five bucks a month, you'll get access to this episode, a new one each week, and our entire library of premium episodes. So head on over to patreon.com slash QAnon Anonymous and subscribe. Thank you. Thanks. I love you. Jake loves you. (laughs) 